Welcome. Come on in. Pull up a stool. And let me pour you a drink. And let's talk a little noir at the bar. So we got uh, a new book coming out. Alex Cross Must Die. It's so sad. It's so, so sad. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and that's the noise. James. Wait a minute. James Patterson is, is in the room. Um, well, I, I don't know what to say to that. It sounds terrible. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I mean, terrible in a good way. But with mysteries, it should sound terrible. A lot of people do. I, I hope Alex does okay. <laughs> well, you, well, you know. If anybody knows, you know, right? I mean, come on. If anybody knows, yeah. <laughs> you never tell about these things, yeah. Listen, you. This is what book thirty-two of this series. Yeah. So, I, how how does that keep going like this? How does this? How is is it about the character, or is it about the the, the action itself? You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm sitting here in my office, and, and all around here there are shelves going all the way around the office. And right now, you said 31, 32 crosses. There are 29 live books and screenplays around the office that are, like, going on right now. And it's kind of madness. But, you know, individual series, it's interesting. It's its own thing. Not too many last that long. Some do. I know um, John Grisham, who I think is, I think he's quite good, um, but he just went back to, uh, to Mitch uh, from the firm, and he had trouble with it, doing a, a number two with the same character. So it's its own, it's its own uh, uh, set of problems. Uh, you know, Mike Connolly, who, who I'm friendly with, uh, uh, Michael made a huge mistake, though, because what he did, is is every book he aged Bosch a year? Still looks good. So Bosch is now like eighty years old, you know. So we just don't do that. I learned from from John D. McDonald way back, and John D. McDonald had uh, uh, his lead character, and the new book would come out, and it would only be like two weeks since the last book, so he could keep his character young and you know whatever. So so with Alex, same thing. I mean, it might be like three weeks since the last book, so Alex remains active and, and, and a credible, believable copy, even though we've, Alex and I have been together 30-plus years. Well, when you say that, I, I, I have to ask, what kind of relationship do you have with Alex? Like, how, how do you see that character? We're tight. We're tight, Alex and I. We talk a lot, <laughs> uh, hang out. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, Alex, uh, I relate to Alex a lot in this sense that, we're both very family-oriented, and, you know, w one of the problems that a lot of people have, depending on the situation, is, is juggling their work with their family uh, and, 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 their, and the rest of their life. And Alex's situation is very extreme because, you know, his work life is, it, it's, it would be bad enough if he, if he was a homicide cop, but it's worse because he's a homicide cop in a series that uh, really takes a lot of liberties <laughs> with what a homicide cop can do, I don't write realism. I mean, that's one of the issues. Sometimes people will read the stuff and go, it's not very realistic. That's not a good criticism of my stuff because I don't write realism, and I say it up front. It isn't realism. So, um, um, you know, it's not realistic. It isn't really fair criticism. I don't like it as fair. That's, that's a good thing. But Alex's, uh, his, his life, the life that I create for him is, is really terrifying but somehow he has to balance his family with that. And I think the reason that people stay with Alex, 
um, more than anything else, is is his family life and his you know his kids and his grandmother and, and his best friend John Sampson, and and you just get into the characters and you want to know what happens to them. Yeah, how are they going to do? Are they going to change much? Uh, and that's what I think keeps it really vibrant. And you know, I mentioned Grisham before. I don't think he really had thought much about Mitch and and his wife, whose name I can't remember. Uh, and then all of a sudden he was in the middle. Oh my God, I got to, I got to sort of get back in touch with this guy again. And, and I don't know how successfully he was doing that, but that's the challenge. That's the challenge with this. Grisham, he's a writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Yeah. I'm not super judgy. I, I tend not to be. I mean, I, you know, you have a sense, uh, uh, you know, for what's working for you about a person or a writer or whatever, but I, but I tend to then be pretty open about it. Well, they're doing the best. Yeah, I have a friend, teacher friend, and um, years ago he had this thing, I'm doing the best I can religion, and I always thought that was cool. That's a good way to look at people. Yeah, they're doing the best they can, and that's okay, and that's fine, and, and, and I'm going to, within reason, go along with it. So I can tolerate, you know, my Republican friends and my Democrat friends and my independent friends with up to a point. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. You might know what that point is. But well, we're not going to get into that point. No. <laughs> I'll no. give you a hint. He wasn't president, but, you know, whatever, yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going there. Well, you know, you mentioned Alex doesn't age much. Uh, how, how do you deal with time, with the changing times, and, and bringing him into, like, 2023 as opposed to the 90s? I, you know, I don't know. I don't really think about it that much. Every once in a while, I, come up. I made a choice early on with the books not to do much with COVID. I, I think occasionally I have, but mostly I... I haven't dealt with it too much in the books. Uh, I, I'm always much more interested in, in you know, whatever the, the puzzle is for, for this particular book and, and, and then just the characters. And, and my thing is um, uh, every – and Michael Connolly said this about my stuff. He said what Jim does is every chapter uh, moves both the, the, the plot and the characterization forward and, and turns on the movie projector in our heads. And that's more what I'm thinking about the movie, and and I don't I don't worry too much about you know whether it's you know ten years ago or right now or you know whether it's two two twenty three or two twenty five or two twenty one unless unless it's something that really you know where, where the the thing in the book really comes out of you know current headlines which is which is rare for me. Well, I love to ask this question too. Um, so you ask this of everybody that comes on the show? <laughs> Not everyone. So this is like a format. It's like a cookie-cutter thing. That's no, what I no, That's no. no we're boring. You're excited. Yeah. No, not <laughs> no, at all. Uh, Quite the opposite, as you'll find out in the next, the next 40 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm always curious about this because they say that up to 50% of people don't have an inner monologue. And I'm just wondering if you can hear Alex Cross, if you can hear him in your head, you're talking about being able to see, kind of like a movie. I could hear him, except the other voices kind of get in the way. There's so many voices in my head that I can't, sometimes I can't really pick out which one is Alex. There's so many voices. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, multiple, multiple personalities. And you're allowed to drive? I mean, when I'm actually writing the book, yes. Uh, or writing a Michael Bennett, or you know, and, and you know, one of the important things, and this is true, and, and it comes up with me all the time. I mean, I'm sitting here with three new outlines on the desk here, and and uh, I, people don't think about this because I always go, "Oh, you write short chapters." Yeah, he does, but he being me, but um, 
there has to be a voice for every one of those. You know, uh, 12 Months to Live, which I just finished with Mike Lupica, and that's an interesting and challenging series because right. we've got 12 Months to Live, the next year, eight months to live, and the year after that, four months to live. And, and, and it's a character who, who has gotten a death sentence. And, and she's a terrific character. But the, the key there was getting a voice for her. And, and for me, uh, the title I wanted originally for the first book was Jane Effing Smith. And we went round and round and round with the publisher and wound up with 12 Months to Live. It's the same thing. Which was probably a mistake. And the second book will probably be, will probably be uh, Jane Effing Smith. But, but, but getting a voice for her was really uh, important. What's her voice? What's, what drives her? What's, you know, where's she coming from? Uh, uh, and and that's, um, that's the most important thing for me, not kind of what year is it or, you know, whatever. What's that voice? Who's that? Who am I talking to? What's that person? What are they like? And, and you know, with, with uh, Lupica in particular, I mean, we go back half a dozen times a day, uh, back and forth, back and forth. It's kind of like a writer's room over the telephone. And... Um, uh, either one of us can, can write that character in the same way I think when you get writer's room in television. If it's a good writer's room, anybody in their room can write that character. They, they know the voice. Uh, and, and usually if there isn't a good voice, the show isn't very good. Well, for you then, and considering that you have collaborators and multiple projects, where do you start, the character or the story? Uh, you know, they kind of both come together, and they, I keep layering, layering on. With Jane Effing Smith, the character came first, and I wrote a lot about her. There's another one I'm doing now, that, and the character is coming first. And um, the, the first thing I, I, I thought about her is she's really, really, really grouchy. And she just riffs on everything. Everywhere she walks, she's in New York, wherever she is, she's just riffing on you know, hating, I don't know if you've been in New York recently, but they have those bicycle lanes. Like, and every time I step out on the sidewalk, I'm afraid of getting killed. But she's always ranting about this stuff. And, and, and that's going to give her a voice uh, throughout, the, throughout the book or books. I don't know what we're going to do with her. And, and some, sometimes, uh, I'm trying to think of what, I'm, I'm thinking more of the books that I'm on now, which I don't like to talk about because I kind of give them away. But sometimes it'll start with a plot idea like, um, Suzanne's Diary for Nicholas, which was a kind of a love story a ways back. And that did start with, I was, um, uh, my wife Sue was taking about over a million pictures of our son, maybe five million, a lot. <laughs> and uh, on the living room table, there was one of these big books with, you know, maybe 500 of the different pictures. But I was sitting there looking through the book one day, and then I was thinking, you know, how sad Sue and I, you know, we, I was, 50 when Jack was born and Sue was 40, and then at one, at one point he'd be looking at that book and we wouldn't be, be around. And then I thought this horrifying thought that we would be looking at this book and he wouldn't be around, and that drove me into Suzanne's Diary for Nicholas, that notion of uh, having to deal with uh, 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 the death of a child. So in that case, the story came, came first. I didn't know who the characters were going to be. So, and, and, and that happens frequently where it's, you know, I, I have, you know the woman of God, what, I, I just had this notion of it starting with uh, uh, the last pope has died and, and, the, and the, uh, the cardinals are all together. And there's a rumor running around Rome that a woman is being considered. And the reality of it is when they go in that room, it could be anybody. It li I mean, theoretically anyway. It could be any person. doesn't even have to be a Catholic. And, and then to go back 
and tell the story of this woman and why she would possibly be in a position where she would be seriously considered as the next pope, which to me was kind of a cool mystery and interesting thing. But that started with that idea before I had any idea about really who that woman was. So it depends. Well, that leads to several questions and having other writers. Oh, I have several answers. Right? This is going to be so cool. I've never played this game before like that. I'm taking notes, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is totally selfish. It's about an hour ago I started outlining my next book. I know you're an outliner. You've been asked this question before. Can you give us an idea how you can outline one project versus 30 projects? Or how, how do you put this all together? How do you put a story and characters together? I, I, you know, I, don't, I, I, I always layer. I'll, I'll do – a lot of times what I'll do uh, is just start jotting down scene ideas, just um, uh, a line or two, scene, 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 scene. It may or may not fit in. I mean, look, it's not an infinite number of possible scenes, but any story, your life story, would, I mean, I told my life story, and I decided I would write it as nothing but stories, just story after story after story. None of this, you know, Newburgh was a small town, blah, blah, where I grew up, you know, none of that crap. Uh, it would just be story after story after story. And I, insofar as I was going to talk about being a kid, I would just tell kind of cool stories about when I was a kid. That would be at work. You know, what it felt like to go to New York and want to be a writer and not have a clue about whether you could do it. Or So with my with my stories, I generally would sit down and just start writing down possible scenes. You know, one of the the the, the, the things that I'm working on now, I, um, I had to go for my, you know, annual checkup. I was in New York, and I was in this uh, uh, hospital up in the 10th floor or whatever, and I'm looking out on, on this street, and there's this tower. Uh, it wound up being, I forget what the hell it was, it's a big smokestack. It went up like 40 stories, okay? And I'm staring at this smokestack that's 40 stories, and there's a goddamn ladder, a ladder, just where you can just climb up that thing. I'm going, who the hell would ever, ever literally go up 40 stories to the top of this thing? And I'm sat there, sat there doing it, and that became the first scene in this story where, I have this woman that wants to meet this. She set up, she wants to meet this guy. And the guy that's climbing it had been a detective. It had just been fired. And and she waits until he comes down. And she's going, what, the, what is with this guy? And he won't tell her. When, when he finally comes down, he won't tell her why he climbs this, this ladder. And literally, the last scene in the book, uh, a lot of stuff is going on at this point. And, and he climbs the ladder. And then when he gets up to the top, and they've gone through a lot at this point, the two of them, and she's up there. And, and, and he tells her why he climbs the ladder. Uh, so sometimes it's just that kind of stuff where it's just, you know, I don't know. And that, and that, and that drove me. There was, um, this is, this is, you know, kind of the weirdness of where these things come from. I, I went on tour uh, with Lupica for the last book and we were down in Jersey and it was a terrible day. It was just rainy and windy and cold and miserable. And my wife Sue was with us. Yeah, it was Jersey. Jersey, sure. <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, it can be nice, but, but it wasn't that day. And uh, they said, well, let's go take a walk on the ocean. I said, yeah, all right, fine. So we walk about two blocks to the ocean, and I say, screw this. This is ridiculous. It's cold. It's, we're getting wet. I don't like it. So I walk back to the little hotel we're staying at, and they, and they go for a walk and probably have an affair. I don't know what happened. But anyway, so I get back, and I'm almost to the hotel. That was a joke. We're lapping inside. So I'm almost to the hotel, and um, this guy is, is riding in this wind and rain, old guy, 
in the wind and the rain, and I'm looking at this guy, give him a little wave, and, a, and one word, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but one word goes through my head. And I walk back into the hotel, and I write five pages of an outline just based on seeing this guy, and one word, and the word was not bicycle, one word went into my head, and that became the, the driving force between, behind another, another book, just that weird, you know, you know ooh, 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 that's, I, that's, there's a story there. No, I don't know. So it's it's kind of like that. That's the madness that is my pretzel of a mind, multi-pretzel, many voices. Yeah, I did. I used to work in a mental hospital. Honest, I was not a patient. Yeah, yeah sure. Escape. That's why I worked. I worked my way through through college and grad school at at McLean Hospital in Belmont, Mass. Uh, uh, real good hospital. Interesting. Yeah, well, I met Robert Lowell there. He he was in. Three or four times while I was James Taylor was a patient, and, and that was the coolest because at that point he wasn't famous, but he used to sing and he had Fire and Rain and a lot of those songs and he would sing in the coffee shop, and you could just go in there. He'd do it two or three times a week and you'd sit like ten feet away from James Taylor when you didn't know he was going to be a big star, but he was amazing. And then his brother and his brother Liv was there and his sister Kate was there, and um, I knew I knew. I didn't know James other than to listen to him in a coffee shop. I knew Liv and Kate a little bit. But it was an interesting place, and I, and I just started writing a lot. And somebody said, you're lucky if you find something you like to do, and then it's a miracle if somebody will pay you to do it. And, and that kind of became my gig. I, I, I found that I really love to write these stories and make them up in my head. And, and I'd done it even as a kid when I was growing up in, in, in Newburgh and in upstate, and I'd be out in the woods a little kid, and there weren't a lot of people who lived around where we lived at that point, and I would just go through the woods making up these stories in my head, you know, So, and, and that's kind of where it came from, and, and it's still that way, just making up these stories, and, and um, you know, and I've said this before, but I, when I write, I like to pretend there's one person sitting across from me, and I'm telling them a story, and I don't want them to get up till I finish, you know, and that's both my strength and my weakness. The strength is that I'll constantly be doing everything I can to make sure that they that they stay with me, and the weakness is sometimes I don't dig as deep as I should uh, because I'm so concerned that I'm that that they're going to get up and leave. Like Christian doesn't worry about it; he sets the hook in, and then he doesn't care. He knows that he has the hook, and they're going to stay with him even if he wears his oh my get out of him for a few pages. He holds a gun to them, come on. I was uh, struggling with the manuscript the once, and I remember uh, I got a, a bolt of inspiration when I saw you on the TV series Castle, and you were all playing the game of, oh, uh, play, yeah, playing yeah. The game of poker, uh -huh. and, and I, I said, that's it, my ambition one day is to be sitting at that poker table. Uh, so that really, really helped to, to inspire me. So I've got to ask, did you ever have a, a similar kind of... I'll tell you a funny Castle oh, story yeah, before I forget it. So I'm on a plane, and this is, I don't know what it was, four or five years ago. And I'm walking down the aisle, and this woman starts pointing at me. She goes, I know you, I know you. So I stop, you trying to be nice, you know. And she says, y -y you played Patterson on Castle. <laughs> I said, yeah, and, and I'm going to play him on this car ride, too. You know? Related, not a related story, but similar story. Last uh, year, we're down in Florida of a famous Italian restaurant. And not, it's not famous, it's our favorite Italian restaurant. And uh, 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 the, the waiter walks us down the aisle of a little place, and this woman pops up, and she goes, I know you. She said, you sold us our life insurance. <laughs> and then she argues with me. And I go, lady, I would never sell life insurance in South Florida and, or, 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 or hurricane insurance. I, I just I would never do that, you know. 
They're fans. They're fans. Yeah, whatever it is. But yeah, I have life insurance, not of me, but you know. <laughs> Do you play poker for real? Uh, no. No. Oh, so I'm never no. going to be able to sit at that table. Shattered dreams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no, I, uh, you know what? I don't think Connolly, I don't know if Con, I don't think Connolly does. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I, I doubt that, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy from Castle, that the lead. I don't know. I mean, this was always in that in that show that he would do that uh, that bit. It was kind of, well, you know, I say it's fun, but it wasn't because the reality of it is they would say, "We want you on set at eight thirty, right?" Yeah. Oh, okay. You'd, and you'd have a little trailer like that's supposed to be hot. How dare you! Right, but it's like being in somebody's toilet, <laughs> and then and then like five thirty or six o'clock they shoot you. So you'd be there all day. You're just sitting around. It was, like, ridiculous. Oh, no. So I, and that's why I stopped doing it. I said, you know, it could take me, like, three days. I've got to fly out. I've got to sit around in this trailer for a day, and then I've got to fly back. And I like doing the actual, you know, the hour of it. That was kind of fun, but sorry to puncture your dreams. Well, yeah, he's so, uh, I'm so going to show you the puncture. And he's anti-back. He's taking his meds now. That's, you know, wrecked his life. Yeah. You know, you write plays, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Why does Alex Cross have to die? Like, what's 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 the deal here? Why does he have to die? I mean, that's life, you know? You, you, you're born. You, you know, and people need to accept that whole, that's the whole thing. You're born, you live, you die. It's, you know, it's that's the deal. I give you, it, 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 you the thing that I, maybe you all know where this came from. I don't know where it came from. But earlier this year, I heard this line, and I love it, and I've been living by it in terms of, of the projects I decide I'm going to do or not do or whatever. And, and, and I think it's as useful for a 20-year-old and maybe more useful than it is for people like me. But the, the language is, my time here is short. What can I do most beautifully? And I think that's great. I mean, and, and for me, it's tell stories. And for some people, it might be raising their kids or, their, or being with their grandkids or being a potter or whatever the hell it is. But if they think about it, and if you're 20 years old and you think about it a little bit and you think how important it is and you try to figure out what could I do most beautifully, it might lead you somewhere that, that would be useful, you know. And, 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 and that's, that, that's my kind of – so, you know, at some point, Alex, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, it depends. I don't know who's going to go first, me or Alex. We'll see, you know, TBD. So I guess I'm kind of giving it away that he must die, but he doesn't die in this book. So, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> but, you know, people will probably figure that out. I mean, if I'm going to kill him, I'm going to put it right in the cover. The last Alex Cross, he's dead or in a doornail. That's a good title. You know, I'll, I'll tell him. I'll let him know. I'll let him know this is the end. Yeah. Better in a doornail? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You can you can use it if you want, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> he's, he's writing. He's writing it down now. So you said that you hear all these voices and stuff, and you put your character like Alex Cross through all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, does that does that affect you at all? Do you feel any of that stuff, or does it just flow right through? Um, I feel it when I'm when I'm writing. Uh, and and one of the things, if if I'm writing something and it's supposed to be a love scene or it's supposed to be really scary. If I don't feel that, I don't think the, the reader will. You know what I mean? If I'm doing this, I'm going, this just feels like crap. This feels like I'm just cliche, blah, 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 blah. You know, and people, I guess, probably think I fail at that sometimes. But, yeah, then, then I figure uh, I'm, I, it's, I'm not ready yet. It, it's, it's, it, I haven't gotten it. I haven't accomplished what I want to accomplish. And that's, I mean, when I work with co-writers, you know, uh, if, 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 if they're sending, you know, drafts of chapters and whatever, and, and, and you know, what I want to say is, you know, you're the best, so, you know, great. And sometimes it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's going sideways. 
the story is not going forward. It's going sideways, or 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 we've lost the voice. We've lost the voice, or or there's no stakes here. You know, you read a lot of books, and this is why a lot of books don't do as well as they'd like. You know, you start out and somebody has a good idea, and you're kind of hooked, and th- and then it just starts marching in place for about a hundred pages, and and that's not good. <laughs> and that won't happen with my books because whether I'm doing it, whether working with somebody else, it's marching marching in place. This is no good. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah, or. You, you know, I, I, I figured it out, and I'm not interested in going any farther. And they go, oh, yeah, but you know, that isn't what really happens at the end. I, I don't care because I think I figured it out, and it's boring now because I think I figured it. It doesn't matter that 200 pages from now you're going to change it because for that 200 pages, I don't want to read it. I just feel, yeah, okay, I see where this is going, blah, 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 who cares? So who was the really bad co-writer you ever worked with? The worst? <laughs> Yeah, the one that was censured. Like, oh my! None of them. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, you know, no. I, it, yeah, I've never had a bad experience. Um, I, I, you'd have to ask them whether they they probably might say something different. But yeah, uh, I mean, just in, in terms of the better known ones, that's always been a joy. Um, you know, President Clinton and I have become you know good friends. We exchange uh, Christmas presents, birthday presents. He gave me one year. Um, he gave me a, a humidor, and, and he knows I don't smoke. You know, so I call him up. I said, you know, what am I supposed to do with this? Put bubble gum or chocolate cigars in it. He said, oh, bubble gum. At our age, we've got to exercise our jaws and stuff, you know. So that's a nice relationship. And, and, and the thing, Dolly Parton, that's another. It's a good relationship. One time uh, I was had a birthday coming up, and, and so she called me up, and she sang happy birthday over the phone. And I wanted to say... Dolly, I'm going to hang up now. I want you to call again. It's going to go to voicemail. When it goes to voicemail, I want you to sing happy birthday again. But I didn't have the nerve, so I didn't do it. So I don't have the recording of her singing happy birthday to me over the phone. But, you know, there's never been any arguments. And people, you know, the the press, they always love that everybody needs to think the way they think, even if you don't think that way. Well, you must have had some. No, I really have not had any problems. I don't have fights with, with any of them. Um, a couple of the, you know, the ones that have been around for too long, you know, they, you know, you know how it is. People start thinking that, that it's them, it's all them, and that's fine. Uh, it's not, I get rid of them and go to somebody new and ten, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, but the relationships have been, you know, uh, I just finished, uh, which is really kind of a, was it, once again, going back to what can I do most beautifully, Michael Crichton's estate came to me and he had started a book. And he'd done, I don't know, a, a few pages, you know, a, a bit of it. And they said, would you be interested in finishing the book? And I said, well, I don't know. Let me read what he wrote, you know. So I read it, and it had to do with a volcano that, that is going to possibly destroy the island of Hawaii. And there's something else there that's even worse in terms of what, what would happen if this volcano basically destroyed the island. And I went, yes, I would like to, to finish this because, um, one, I like the idea and and secondly, uh, I thought it would be a great challenge because I've never done anything where you have to incorporate an awful lot of science. So I got a volcanist, and in fact, I'm going to talk to her in a couple of days again about something else. Elizabeth from Hawaii, from Alaska. Elizabeth, she teaches at the University of Anchorage in Alaska, 
And uh, so I would go back and forth with her, and I'd say, what about this? And she'd say, that could never happen. And then a day later, she'd call up and go, well, I think I can make it work, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and finish that book. But I'd love the challenge of it, to try to do something that, one, would be kind of worthy of a, of a, of a Crichton-Patterson book, and, uh, and, and just that challenge of doing something different. Uh, that's what got me into it. We this. appreciate you being here. Hours up, and uh, of course, Alex Cross must die, and find out why. Wow, that's, it only seems like two hours. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the new, and uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's a fun read, and and I'll actually I'm going out with Lupica because uh, he has coming out the new um, the new Spencer. That's the first one that he's uh, written, you know, for Robert Parker. They had another writer and. I, nothing against the, the but I, I I stopped reading them. I, I, that particular style that that it, I, I, it just didn't feel like Spencer to me. But the new one uh, that Mike did, uh, which I'm about halfway through, and it, 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 there's the voice again. There's there's the Spencer that I that I knew and loved. So uh, so yeah, we got that, and you know, and people should remember the holidays are coming, whatever those holidays might be. And uh, it's a good time to uh, go out and get a book, and, 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 and instead of giving somebody socks or ties or stuff, which they hate. Do you ever get, what do you, for the holidays, do people ever give you anything that's worthwhile? No, nobody ever buys no. me anything. <laughs> ice cream, man. Give me ice cream. Yeah, that's right. That's the stuff. Kill me. Give, kill yeah. me with ice yeah. cream. Yeah, I'll give him a bucket. James Patterson, thank you. All right, so good, good, good. Thank you so much. James. All right, it's been a mystery. This has been a production of the House of Mystery Radio Show. To find out more about our show, guests, or hosts, go to our website at houseofmysteryradio.com.